Hey guys, today I'm gonna to share with you some easy but also difficult investment advice. By easy, I mean it's a very simple strategy that you can do. By somewhat difficult, it means, well, it's actually hard for most people to do it. You'll see exactly what I mean as you listen to the podcast. By the way, if you're looking for more advice uh, trading related, make sure you check out our website, www.tier1trading.com. We have a risk-free 14-day trial membership where you can get on the platform. You can start taking some courses, interact with the greatest community of traders, and of course, join some live sessions with both myself and Jason Greystone. Risk-free, no auto bill, nothing like that. www.tier1trading.com. See you over there. I feel like the, the opposite side is the... It's my contrarian approach from being an investor for all those years. I feel like the opposite side is the way to be. I feel like when everyone zigs, you need to zag. I was explaining that to um, Ida Long. Um, I was on a road for two straight days yesterday, and I was I was explaining to a colleague of mine about um, the markets and whatnot and how. Um, like it's 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 maybe it's not as simple as, as saying this, but you typically want to do my 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 investing mentors told me this. Just do the opposite of everyone else. And it's like when everyone's panicking in fear, look for opportunities. And I was explaining to him like how I had a chance to to trade throughout the and stocks throughout the recession here. Um, and then again, during COVID and how those were probably the easiest trading times of my life and how we're due every you know every 10 years or so give or take another one and it's it's funny because it's so it's it's simple but not simple because we don't have patience if you were just to if you were just to save your money right if, if you were to implement some smart budgeting and say, hey, blank percent of my paycheck, I'm going to put into a future investment fund where you just, and you can even just dollar cost average, honestly, but if you just put it in a, a, a savings place where you hold it until each market crash comes. And then when each market crash comes, buy some blue chips. It is, it is an amazing investment strategy. Now, again, very difficult because who has the patience to wait five years before doing something, right? In in bigger picture, who has you know who has the the guts to buy when everything's falling off a cliff as well? So it's it's much easier said than done. But it, 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 when when you look back in hindsight, again, I started trading in two thousand seven, so I've gone through the two thousand what eight nine ten stuff. I've gone through the the. 2020 stuff, right? So I've gone through these things twice in my trading career, which makes me feel extremely ancient. Um, but it was the exact same thing each time. I, I did the exact same method each time, right? I just, I had money aside for different reasons. Um, this time I'll be smart enough to actually save some money, right? The first one, I just had money because I had just started investing. The second one, I had sold off my day trading account so i liquidated some assets to make room for it but you buy the good stuff cheap and then you hold it until the next one and then you cash out maybe not cash out all of it but cash out little bits at a time you put some of that profit into your next saving deal and then by the time the next crash comes 
you've got another big nest that you can use to rebuy, right? I'm a big fan of rebuying stuff I already bought because I knew the price. That was a big method of mine. Like if I if I if I knew what was a cheap price of something before, and I bought it there and it went up and it went down there again, it's a cheap price again. That's basic supply demand support resistance in the market. So you can literally have a list of like maybe ten stocks you like, and just just keep buying and selling them. Buy them when they're cheap. Slowly get out of them as they rise. Next global pandemic or recession or whatever comes when they go back to that price point that target that was there before buy them again you know the value you know the value of of what they are when things are good you know the value is just going to historically rise anyway so if you know the value you basically know the, the the target right think about it in that perspective right and I'm talking about companies that, that are not going to go out of business, like Nike's not going to go out of business. Apple's not going to go out of business. Microsoft's not going to go out of business, right? You're, you're, when we say blue chippers, we're talking like your you're historically safe ones, your ones that do not fail. If you bought Microsoft, let's just go, and I don't, I don't want to look at Microsoft because I made some stupid decisions with Microsoft because I was, I was impatient. I had bought Microsoft so many times at like, are you ready for this? Like $20. <laughs> but it, it moved like a turtle. I didn't have any knowledge back then, guys. So, oh, look, yeah, look, it's on my chart for when I bought Microsoft. Great. So I bought Microsoft plenty of times at like between 20 and 30 bucks. And you can see back when I started investing, um, it didn't really move much. So I just, I would, you know, I didn't have a lot of money, so I would liquidate it and whatever like that. But if you know Microsoft is $50, or if you buy it at 30 and it goes to 60 Right? You know the value. You know the value. If something happens, we have a, a thing thing, and it drops back from 60 to 30, you know it's going to go back to 60, right? Why would it not? It's only reacting to everything else that's happening in the world. It's not anything specific to its company. Now, that's what you got to figure out. If there's something specific to the company, that makes a big difference. But if it's just caught in the flow of, of life and everything else, once everything settles down, it's going to go back up, right? I told my dad the other day, or no, I told the, the same colleague the other day, one of the easy, probably the easiest investment I ever made in my life, buying oil during the pandemic. Easiest, right? Because are we going to stop using oil anytime soon, guys? The world? Anytime soon. Are we just going to come out of a pandemic where no one's driving and no one's doing anything and just be like, ah, we're done with this stuff? Like, no. It's simply a reaction to the time. And you have to have patience because you never know when stuff's going to come back to normal. I guess technically we never know that things will come back to normal, but you can assume. But it's a no-brainer. It just got caught in the mess of everything else. So if you can identify... Whether it's a commodity or whether it's a, a individual stock, you can do it for indices as well. But if you can identify individual stocks that I don't want to say are recession proof, but that are proven winners, again, your blue chippers, and just happen to get caught up in the stream of badness, bearishness that the rest of the market, the rest of the world is facing, 
Just keep an eye on the levels that they were at before they fell. Keep an eye, uh, an eye at historical levels that they've fallen to in the past because you can easily go back in the chart and see the ebbs and flows of these things, right? You can see Microsoft going for, what, 200 back to 140, right? This is um, 2020, right? What was it? March, February 2020, we peaked at about 193. March, when everything kind of hit the fan, went down to 131. 193 to 131. And then we bounced back up and went all the way back up to what? 350. And now we're down again, right? You can look at these historical ebbs and flows and, and make some pretty decent judgments on maybe not the end of those dips, right? You're never going to call the end of the dip, but pretty decent judgments on where we're likely to continue to next. Um, so think about that. I don't know how we got on that topic, but the good old investing brain sometimes. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you get a chance, I've done a few episodes here on the Trading Coach Podcast talking about financial responsibility, financial education, just budgeting and, and being smart on that aspect um, in general. And again, that is necessary before you can do anything in the financial markets. One of the big problems I see is that many people want to trade, but they don't have their own financial situation in order. If you don't do one, you can't move on to two. So if you're someone that's aspiring to be a trader, make sure you get a firm grasp on your personal finance before you think about heading into the financial markets.